Hedge, but, this is too deep for a NAR episode. Why'd you do this? Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> Why are you doing this? You're welcome. I, I don't know if you know this, but I really like reading lore. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Casuals of Runeterra, episode 103. I'm your host, Ryan, here with your other host, Hedge. And we're going to try to do the impossible, which is work within a time frame. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hop into it, housekeeping, baby. Uh, you can listen to us everywhere. You can send us any email that you want uh, to podcastcore, that's C-O-R, at gmail.com. You can visit us at podcastcore.com for all of our info and then follow us on the platform you prefer or all the platforms because that helps a lot. Uh, leave a like, a comment, short view with your thoughts. Uh, but the easiest way is to tell a friend, just one of your friends, hopefully you have one, uh, to grug grug me hunt good by listening to the Casuals of Runeterra podcast. And casual grammar bad <laughs> casual think fast <laughs> uh today we're talking about captain caveman listen i <laughs> we age ourselves in a lot of these episodes so our zoomer listeners out there we're sorry uh, captain caveman look it up it's <laughs> it's older than we are for for once for so you know back off um, that's right. That's right. Yeah. You know, like we, we were able to consume stuff before us. Like <laughs> it's going to shock you that there's more human history than just the last <laughs> decade. <laughs> um, yeah, we're talking about NAR. Finally, we're way behind on NAR. Um, if you remember, we had like a Bandle City blitz where we did a lot of those characters and then other characters came out and then things changed and then timing was off and we took a little bit of a break. We're back. We're back with NAR. Yeah. And if you also remember, uh, we're not going to name anyone, but one mm -hmm. of the hosts of the show does <laughs> not like Yordles that much. So, you know, there may have been one party member that was just like, yeah, no, let's push it back. Let's just keep pushing NAR back. <laughs> But we're not going to name names. We're not going to point fingers anywhere. Yeah, let's let's get into it uh, before your sensibilities start to degrade. You, you start to get racist because <laughs> it's about to it happen. Here. All right, so um, I'm going to start off with a spell here uh, because it's, we're the casuals of Runeterra. We really like doing like a lot of deep dives into the world building behind these characters and stuff, yeah. uh, and the. The flavor text of this spell is really going to set the tone for what we've got to work with here. All right. So the spell for today is going to be Wallop. All right. Mm -hmm. So Wallop is a three mana fast speed spell with deal one to an enemy and stun it. Um, so this is a really nice kind of... Uh, combat trick per se for Bandal City that is also a little bit different than their normal stuff because Bandal City tends to be a lot more on the aggressive side you know we're talking flooding the board out and trying to get in really quick with either elusive and impact damage so this is a nice tool to have especially since they don't really run a lot of big guys so this will kind of save one of your chump blockers to try to swing out and get more damage on the other turn yeah. or to save the chump block for another turn 
Um, so it's a very nice uh, spell to have in Bandle City. Uh, but again, you know, we love our flavor text here and <laughs> the flavor text of this card. Let me do my best here. <clears throat> Ahanga! Yeah, that's that's the that's the wealth of knowledge that we're going to be diving Listen, into today. You, if you're if you're a veteran listener, you know sometimes we can't pronounce certain names of villages and places. But Hatch nails the random outburst. <laughs> yeah, you know, again, like <laughs> there's two things that Hatch does on the show, which is be racist towards yordles and random outbursts. <laughs> Hatch, you can't uh, just say a hunger. It's not appropriate. <laughs> Hatch, that's that's Nor's word. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. All right. Well, let's hop over to our followers. So this is going to be <laughs> going straight to hell. <laughs> Go to hell in a handbasket. Oh, All right. So. Man. The, the follower, especially, you know, kind of, you know, again, we've been pushing off NAR for a long time. So this was an absolute terror on the ladder for a very short amount of time. And now we are never seeing it again. So this is Teeny Dactyl. All right. Teeny Dactyl is a four mana, four, three uh, follower. And it has round end. If you've changed the in or if you've damaged the enemy nexus this round, transform me into pterodactyl. So the with Nar, like this was when we first got our transform mechanics, and the nine times out of ten, the transform mechanic is triggered by dealing damage to the enemy nexus. Uh, it's one of the reasons why you get to see a lot of like either cantrip spells that deal direct damage or impact uh in bandle city because that helps trigger your transforms now teeny dactyl when he, it transforms into pterodactyl is a six five with impact one and round start deal one to the enemy nexus and oh boy if you were playing ladder when nar first came out you hated this card you kept your answers yep. in hand for this card. Not for Nar, for this card. It was <laughs> absolutely devastating. But the cool thing is that we, since we have two sides of a card here, well, first we get two pieces of art, which the teeny dactyl art is fantastic because you get to see like a, a bunch of yordles trying to mess with it on a boat. Mm -hmm. uh, and and then what happens when it flips <laughs> to these poor yordles. Uh, so I, the, the art is really cool. But we also get a lot of information here. So we have the creatures of Nakotak Valley are as varied and lively as the land they inhabit and just as likely to explode. And on the flip side, once enraged, the pterodactyls tear erratically through the skies, leaving mayhem and enraptured yordles in their colorful wake. And you can see the enraptured yordles on the full art of that card. Yeah, um, and they're still but, smiling because they're, they're maniacs. Yeah, well, I mean, they're yordles. Like, yordles are whimsical to a fault. But um, it is interesting because we get a location, the Nakutak Valley, and... Um, when we dive into Nar's story, I'm kind of curious if Nar, as far as like the Nakatak Valley, is located in the Freljord, 
or if the Nakatak Valley is located in Bandal City, because you, that's a question you have to ask when we're dealing with Yordles, is which plane are we on here? I, I don't know if we're in Runeterra or not when we're talking about the Nakatak Valley, but when we get into Nara's story, it's very likely that that could have been in the Freljord before the events of the Freljord happen. So it is very interesting to question to ponder, but we're unfortunately in this episode we're not going to find an answer today yeah it feels sort of like uh, i'm happy you brought it up because that brings us well into nar it's it's going to feel kind of like a small retcon sort of where nar is a simple character um as we start off the episode grug grug he's a caveman uh so it could be that he doesn't really understand the concept of portals so he could have been in the valley and also still be in between realms at that time, I think that's an easy way to explain it, to kind of just push the question aside. Because uh, you don't really have to think about it too much. It doesn't make a big enough deal. And right. if you look at the story from Runeterra, or Legends of Runeterra, the card game, what they've given us from NAR, it just feels like a future tense thing. Where, hey, now that we're in the real world, there's other people of NAR's tribe, and he's starting to build a community. Because as we'll tell in the story, spoiler, he loses everything he knows um, because of an event. So let's get into it and talk about yeah. it. And and I think you're absolutely right. It's not important to answer it because we all know that Nar's only opinion on it is a hunger. <laughs> so we start off here um, with just introduction to Nar. He's a unique Yordle with a ton of energy. And he comes to the Freljord during like the barbaric pre-Ice Age uh, sort of time frame, um, early time frame of man. So this is before the ice that we know as we've talked about in our other episodes that are Freljord related, exist. And instead of people, he prefers kind of to hang around the Yetis, but he bounces between the two because he likes to follow the humans around as they do their hunting, gathering, forging, etc. cetera. Uh, and he feels more comfortable with Yetis because he sees them as just big Yordles. They're big, white, furry Yordles to him. And we, we do know that even though that Nar is much more like kind of simple in comparison to a lot of the other yordles that we have is that uh yordles down to their nature they're very whimsical but they're very social so it, it's very important for nar to find this collection of yetis because you, it's like yeah sure i may not want to be in bandle city because i don't i want to be more wild and enjoy the nature but i still miss kinship and the Yetis provide that. It's like, oh, you're big Yordles. Y'all are cool with me. And that's it. <laughs> and they barely know he exists because um, there's a statement that he's like, but Nar, we know he's tiny, cute, and barely makes prints in the snow because he's so small, right? Uh, but he thinks of himself as a bigger personality. And he does have a big personality because he has a temper that's 10 times his size. Uh, he likes to do things oh. like collect rocks. What would you say? I said, oh, like, try, try to give like the Hannah Barbara like commentary. <laughs> he has the, the short man complex. <laughs> Just pick up the boomerang. You drop this king. <laughs> but he likes to collect pebbles. He likes to collect dead birds, rocks. Um, and then one day he finds his prized possession, which we know him for, which is the jawbone of a Druvask or Druvsk or Druvask. I don't know. Druvisk? How do you, how do you want to say this? I like Druvask. Druvask? Uh, yeah, Druvask. And that's officially canon now. Okay. So the jawbone of a Druvask, and this becomes his boomerang and now his official weapon that he now 
uses to think of himself as a hunter. I I, I love this so much because it like it, it, it's kind of they. I will give credit where credit is due because, uh, you know, there's not a lot to work with here. And th this is a great way of kind of like honing in on Nar's personality without having any kind of conversations at all because he can't talk. So <laughs> like, <laughs> like this is a really good way to like th this is a decent storytelling for a story yeah. that's not really involved. Like th this is good. Uh, I still don't like yordles. <laughs> <laughs> So at this point, we get some action to start to happen where the sky starts to seem darker, the wind's getting colder. Because remember, this is not the frail yord we know uh, in present time. And he has a feeling, because of his hunting skills now, that he that something wrong is happening. He doesn't know what. He's not smart enough to figure it out himself. So he decides he's going to go seek out the yetis, and they may have an idea. So he uses his hunting skills to track them up into the peaks of the mountain range. And when he gets there, he's surprised because it's not just yetis. There's morals up here too. And it's a lot of people in one place and he's never really expected this. Yeah. And not only is it a lot of people in one place, but part of the change that Nar senses here, he also notices that the mortals that he does run into that now they're hunting each other is how he sees it because they're not hunting and foraging. They're hunting each other, but what he's really witnessing is war. Yeah. Um, so that, that is uh, important distinction here as far as when he finds the yetis and it's like, wait, the yetis are with the mortals too. So yeah. it's like, there's definitely something big going on, even though Nar has no idea what it is, but he's right that there's, there's change in the air. Yeah. And he mentions too, that everybody looks unhappy, right? Where he's like, I'm happy to be here because something big is happening. Like I'm at the celebration. It's not a celebration, Nar. Uh, and he finds out when the ground begins to shake violently and everyone starts to make noise. The Yeti start roaring, uh, and it's in shock. And then out of this new abyss that's been created in the ground, a monster starts to rise out with huge horns, whipping tentacles, and a single eye with a strange light. Uh, it begins to climb out. And if you want to know more about that, obviously we have our Lissandra episode. <laughs> We, um, and, and you can listen to, you know, uh, some of our other episodes that, uh, deal with, um, uh, what, what is, what is that realm called again? The Void? Yeah. <laughs> like, so, problems afoot. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where one, this is another possible retcon. The part that threw me off was the whipping tentacles. I don't know if that threw you off because we got with Runeterra, Legends of Runeterra, I was at the, you know, specify the card game. We got a lot of instances of the thralls right and these old ice creatures and what they look like and the two things that fit are they're big the horns the single eye with the strange light but not so much the tentacles we couldn't i couldn't really find imagery of a tentacled beast that was also a thrall like creature from the the old ice period uh, and see like the tentacles threw me off too because yeah. like that's not something that we really covered uh uh, or it's not something that we see in the Freljord stories. Yeah. Uh, but if we're looking just specifically at the void, there's plenty of tentacles in the void. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and so then like, but when it came up, I was like, wait, is, was Velkaz involved? Like that makes yeah. no sense. For all we know uh, at this point, there's no void activity. So is the abyss a mixture of both, but it's not really dimensional. It's just under the true ice. So I, 
And and see, I've always kind of assumed, or like in my head, I've always put it together as the abyss being yeah. like the Freljordian understanding of the void. Um, oh, I, I think that the void is you know kind of more like all encompassing, and that's more of a cultural thing. Um, that's actually but, a good point. I never thought of it like that. Yeah, but like I mean, that I also kind of take that with like the uh, like the sea monsters and Bilgewater, the yeah. depths where it's like, but it, it's kind of harder to some big theory here. Yeah, really but like, and, and I never brought it up because it's like I don't think that that's true because yeah. like the, it doesn't fit for you know the Blessed Isles, which are now the Shadow Isles, yeah. and like as far as you know the monsters of the depths, like they they're too close to all of that. Hatch, but, this is too deep for a NAR episode. Why'd you do this? Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> Why are you doing this? You're welcome. I, I don't know if you know this, but I really like reading lore. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of good points there, and we're going to have to come back to that because <laughs> I want to explore yeah. that more. Hey, hey um, again, we're not going to explore it now because we're exploring it at the moment through the eyes of NAR, and all he's got is Ahanga. <laughs> So um, this monster is coming out, and Nara has a strange feeling, which is part rage, part something else, maybe motivation. And he begins leaping at this monster. And as he does so, the way he sees himself is kind of this body dysmorphia, where he, th- he thinks he's still small Nara. So what am I doing? But what everyone else sees is he turned into a yeti. He's a massive yeti, and he's throwing a bowl or trying to throw a boulder at this thing and wallop it. Uh, but at that moment... He suddenly becomes frozen in place, and what he can feel is an elemental magic because he's a Yordle, never forget. Uh, what we know it to be is true ice, uh, which listen to Ash, Trundle, Sedge. We have plenty of early episodes that go over that. And this kind of chill is colder than any winter he's ever felt, and the anger he's feeling melts away, and he slowly begins to drift off. And it's really impressive as far as this being true ice because it kind of gives us more of an idea of the time frame here, because that could have been that could have been Lysandra, but yep. it also could have been like Avarosa, uh, like you know we're 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 going like now we know that this is happening way back in yeah. Freljord history, like that gives us a time frame that he's getting frozen in true ice, uh, but that. It's also really funny because, you know, we're seeing this, his first, you know, Berserker's first rage. Uh, <laughs> and, um, like, we're getting to see it through Nara's eyes. So he's like, I'm going to throw a snowball at this guy. And uh, what everyone else sees is this giant Yeti ripping a chunk of the mountain out yeah. to throw a giant boulder at this guy. But he's like, snowball. <laughs> uh, I remember the first time I had a mountain dew and punched a hole in a wall. Felt good. Felt real. Yeah. Um, and, 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 but like that does, you know, he gets frozen and that kind of takes us to the end because he just naps and then he wakes up and it's like, wow, snow's everywhere. Yep. My boomerang's still here. And, and he doesn't care. Like he immediately just, <laughs> yeah. he no longer cares about this monster and what happened to the Yetis or anything. He's like, yeah. Boomerang's still here. There's snow everywhere. Let's go hunting. Yeah, because as far <laughs> as he's concerned, that time didn't happen. Because he's a yordle. So time's already a messy 
complex for him. And then he's frozen in true ice for an eternity, it feels like, which just completely screws that up. So why try? He's not smart enough. So there's no point in thinking about it. But he does have one Yordle trait. He loves adventure. And he's looking forward to meeting new people and seeing new things because everything is new now. The thing he knew is gone. So it's just a reset. It's a new game plus, baby. Let's go. Oh, Yordles. A hunger. <laughs> but let's talk about the card. Because we do Oh, that. man. Uh, I almost yeah, forgot. Yeah. <laughs> For the end of the episode. Man, the, and, and we do have to talk about the card because we're, we get to talk about it post-nerf. <laughs> yes, yes. Post-nerf, but still one of the better representations of the character. I, when it originally came out, we were surprised on how much they nailed it with... Um, the way it reflects his gameplay in League of Legends, if you have played it, if you haven't played it, don't play it. Uh, it's a nightmare. But <laughs> he's a four cost three, three, small little guy. He has quick attack because every champion does. Uh, he has strike. And when you do so, it creates a pokey stick in hand. Or if you already have one, it reduces his cost by two, which essentially just makes it free. And as Hetch mentioned before, the theme here is damage causes transformations. So at round end, if you've damaged the enemy nexus this round, he flips. And the flip is really cool with Nar because he becomes a 5-5 five five instead of a 4-4. Four four. So he gets a plus 2, plus 2. Quick attack and overwhelm. When I level up, grant the strongest enemy vulnerable. Uh, and at round end, if I've seen you start the round with the attack token, transform me back into Gnar. All right, so the flip side is Mega Gnar, just like his ultimate, and then he goes back to Gnar. And that's one of the reasons we were so impressed with the way that they did this card, because that's exactly how he plays in League of Legends. Yep. It's like you, when you flip, he's Mega Gnar, but like he doesn't have control over how long he stays that way. Uh, you know, we would be remiss if we didn't, you know, kind of look at the flavor text here real quick. So on the front side, we have long ago, Nar and his kin thrived in the Nakatak Valley. It was an innocent place untouched by modern trappings. How unfortunate that the passing of time took this place from Nar, but how fortunate that time doesn't exactly function as expected in Bandal <laughs> City. <laughs> exactly. So, just like we said, Nar doesn't care. He's a Yordle. Time already doesn't make sense. And it's also weird because it's like... Okay, time took away Nakatak Valley, so that means it's in the Freljord. Oh, but it's fine. T time doesn't matter here in Bandle City. So where's Nakatak Valley? <laughs> <laughs> Nar, answer the question. Ahanga. Great. All right. Which is great because it actually, that, that bit of what feels like retcon almost works because we know from talking about, like, Yumi, one of our recent episodes, that not all Yordles have a good grasp on portals. And portal location and understanding where it is, which ones are permanent, which ones shift and change over time and move. Like that's also a cool concept that could be at play here because of the sheer amount of time, quote unquote, that may have passed. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah, like it, it's, it, I mean, once again, Riot has shown that they have a wonderful grasp on world building. Right? Yeah. It, it's really good. And I'm more, I'm just harping on it because we're talking about Yordles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then we have the flip side of Nar. 
and the Yordles sat on their tree branch and cheered for Nar as he duked it out with another passing monster. These were rare events, but always awesome to spectate. Uh, and I love that because you get to see you get to see that in the full art of yeah. um, Mega Nar. But it's also great because that's exactly what you get to see in his flip animation, mm-hmm. like the first time he flips, and it is incredible like they nail it so much as far as when you put the flavor text and nar story together yeah because it's like you know nar is just it's just captain caveman <laughs> like he's <laughs> he's just here to hunt and have a good time with his friends and yordles they all they want is fun and adventure and what's more adventurous than watching this giant yeti go up against godzilla yeah <laughs> like, i was gonna yeah. say we all love godzilla and <laughs> 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 anyways with that as always thanks for listening and we'll be back soon because hetch brought up some stuff during this episode that we have to touch on at some point but that will be in another episode oh man we i i'm i i can't wait to go deep and just show how crazy i am and how little (laughs) how little of a life i have yeah yeah let's broadcast that (laughs) but hey you can't wait to talk about it take care everybody